0: Hello everyone, we're back here, this time with the uh, special Khalil family. Um, my name is Justine,
1: Rafaela, Steven,
2: Sophia, and Mark, Theophilus.
0: And today we're talking about science versus religion. Um, it's going to be an interesting topic, so stay tuned. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media on Instagram, sinners.anonymous. You can also find access to our link tree and every other social platform that we're on
3: all right science and religion so a lot of times we uh when we do our meetings on fridays uh we get stuck in these conversations and and many times we find them coming down to science and religion you know a lot of the the uh the folks that 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 are part of the fellowship have a science background whether it's medicine pharmacy or, or whatnot and uh you know we find ourselves always coming to this uh this nexus if you will this nexus between science and religion Sometimes it's, they're contrary to each other. Sometimes they complement each other. Sometimes, you know, one person uses it for this agenda and another person uses it for that agenda. It's almost like a a microcosm of the world today, right? Where uh, some people think science and religion are against each other. Some people think they work closely together and there's a whole bunch of people that just don't know. So today we thought we'd actually spend some time talking about that. You know, what is science when you look at through the lens of religion, what is religion when looked at through the lens of science? Do they cancel each other out? Are they always against each other? Or is there a way to complement each other? And if science is from God, then what is its purpose in our lives? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a question for you. In, in the world that we live in today, is science and religion... Contrary to each other, or is the way for them to work together? What do you guys think?
1: So I would say that I think that it, sh- it should work together. It's about how you really see it from like you know lens how you see from your your views. You know, some people might say no, it's only one way or the other way. It's never like together, and it just comes from the mindset, really.
2: Uh, I would say I agree. It's <laughs> it's not that they are different, but if it's properly understood, then there's a possible way for them to be connected because they concern different matters. So let's say for um, science, uh, so science and religion basically open windows to different worlds. So they look at the same viewpoint, but they have different meanings. So for science, um, it includes uh, the natural world. So how planets move, how organisms work with each other, and Um, the origin of where things are so for religion on the other hand it concerns the meaning and the purpose of the world and how we are raised our morals so and so speaking in that way
4: so i think that you can have both but i believe at a certain line they start to contradict um like sophia said Uh, physics is a thing that we have observed in our universe you know gravity the law of gravity um things of that nature yeah science proves that and you know you can use science to assess the world around you right but there are certain things in religion that just it's impossible to explain by science it just it never will like they will always clash correct so i feel like you can you know you can believe in both however at a certain point you have to commit to which one you know you live your life by in a sense because you don't want to you know just believe in both willy-nilly and end up looking hypocritical um yeah i think i think you you can you can you know have both in your life but you would have to you know live by one in a sense like to to overrule, right?
5: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, there has to be a point where your faith comes in and your beliefs come in and you can't like, you, you can't like gravitate towards like one side or the other because- At the same time. At the same right? time, yeah. yeah.
0: So I think when you like think of science, um, you know, l- l- if we talk about like the scientific theory that we all learned in like middle school or w- way back when that we all forgot and never use again. Um, So when you think about it, there's always like a question that comes in and there is a hypothesis or a theory regarding that question, whether if it's saying that this is in fact true or this is in fact false. And then you come up with some form of experiment or some form to test that theory. And then you develop a conclusion based off of the results of that test to either debunk or validify the theory or the hypothesis that was put out. And so I think a lot of times, like us as humans, we try to test to understand many things that are in this world, whether it be just basic science about, like you said, Sophia, like the origins of the world, like specimens, organisms, things like that. But we also try to test God or we try to test supernatural things that us humans we cannot understand because when when you think about it god is not of this world and god is not he has an infinite mind he doesn't you know god knows the ends and beginnings of everything so he doesn't need to test anything or he doesn't need to understand anything because he's all-knowing but us as humans i think sometimes what we try to do is understand god or try to understand Um, God's purpose or God's theory or the way God thinks. And us as humans, we are incapable of doing that. You know, obviously the closer you get to God, the more you're able to think like him, but not be like God and know everything. And so like you guys said, science definitely holds some fact to it. It definitely holds some, you know, some, some, some source of truth to it, but I think the difference between science and religion is where science is much more factual and religion is more based off of faith, um, because sometimes religion doesn't have those conc- that concrete evidence that we look for in humans to really believe in something, and so you just have to give your faith up to God and understand sometimes things don't have a reason for it or an, e- or an explanation that us humans can, can really understand. Absolutely. I mean, you hit it on the head. Uh,
3: Science, just like everything else that uh, is is a gift from God, is is meant to enrich our lives. It was meant for us to, uh, you know, almost give back to the world, to God, to serve others, you know, and do that that which is right, right? Science can be used for good. Science can be used for bad. Science is a tool. Science is a tool. For example, cloning, uh, people trying to play God. You know, in the eyes of the church that's not acceptable right that's that's not right uh, the science that's involved in uh, in, in certain genetic uh, changes or uh, the science behind abortions for example all of that not okay not allowed from the church's perspective why because you are going against God when science becomes someone's religion right when science becomes someone's religion when someone says I only believe in science and if science can't prove it I don't believe in it well right guess what you've just eliminated your belief in God because science can't prove God. There is nothing that can prove the existence of God. This is where faith comes in. Faith is absolutely necessary. And if you're not sure, uh, there's a fantastic book by George Veselios, uh, Timeless Faith and Untimeless Faith, something Truth like that.
0: The times and a Timeless Faith, something what, like that. What
3: she said. Uh, that, that's very good. That actually gets down to the nitty gritty uh, and actually talks about science and faith. But, but nonetheless, you cannot, you cannot make science your religion. And how many kids do we lose, like in the Sunday school system, when, you know, they, they get to high school, then they get to college, and they start uh, being exposed to these anti-Christian ideas and this, this religion of science, right? Science has an altar. Science has a method. Science has, science has a belief system, right? If, if science becomes your religion, you will lose your way. You will lose your faith. Because at that point, well, if I can't prove it, I don't believe in it. And if I can't prove what's in the Bible, and if I can't prove God, then you start losing your faith. Now, does that mean that the church wants to throw science out? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Science, again, is a tool from God. It's a blessed tool from God, as long as it's used to serve God and to serve others, right? And as long as it's being used to serve for good. Now, that's the problem that we run into, is um, the Tower of Babel, right? You guys remember the story of the Tower of Babel? Yes. Uh, these people got together and uh, they actually worked very well together and they had a common language and they were accomplishing great things using science, building technology, etc. And then uh, out of concern, Lest these people be full of themselves, lest these people think that they are, uh, you know, greater than God, uh, God. God essentially created confusion so they can no longer work together, right? So essentially their science was useless. And that's what happens on a regular basis. You know, how many people do we know? Maybe they become a doctor. Maybe they start doing, you know, incredible things. And maybe they start believing in themselves a little bit too much. And believing God a little bit less and less and less and less how many people get so focused on their career and focused on you know what they're doing and their accomplishments and they you know forget about god or god becomes secondary in their life that's the danger in worshiping at the altar of science right
0: uh just quick thing uh the book is called timeless truth and truthless times that, that's that was the title before i forget <laughs> um but i think you know to to piggyback off of what you said, Theo, like. When when religion tries or I'm sorry, when science tries to take over religion, that's kind of where the red flag is and where the line has to be drawn, Um, because within our church itself, we have many sacraments or many mysteries that go on um, that are. They're called mysteries because they're unexplainable. Like, for example, if we talk about communion, you know, we we believe that the the bread and the wine turns into the body and blood of Christ. And so, us as as like humans, if someone were to come and scientifically test it, quote unquote, it'll be you know they won't see that it's actual human cells and actual blood cells. You know, they'll see that it's still body and blood, but the 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 sacrament of the Holy Spirit coming and making it as the body and blood of Christ is what our faith believes in. So you don't physically see the Holy Spirit transform it into the body and blood, but rather because we have the faith that it is being transformed. That is what I think differentiates between religion and science is having the faith and understanding. You know, I don't want to say blindly believing in something, but having faith that that what our church is telling us is true and that that's what our faith is based off of.
4: You know, um, for that specific example about communion, I don't know if this is true or not, but I have heard a story before where a woman who, who was a scientist, who was a doctor, I believe, did not believe in the, you know, communion actually changing to the body and blood. She went to a church, took communion, kept in her mouth, And then did tests on it and actually found out that there was actual, you know, blood and, you know, flesh cells or something. Now, again, I don't know Mm -hmm. how true that is, but it is a story I've heard before when it comes to this specific example. Um, But to piggyback off what you said, um, I believe that it's important to have faith and for, you know, your religious aspect of life. And I think that's the main, you know difference, right? So when it comes to science and the physical world, we tend you know, as humans naturally, we tend to just be used be used to what we see in front of us. So when we use science, it's based on materialistic evidence. What we see with our eyes, what we touch with our hands, what we smell, you know, our senses, correct? When it comes to religion, it's all about faith. It's all about believing in something that you can't physically touch or see. So I think that's the main difference between you know, the science and religious aspect of our lives.
5: Once somebody, like, chooses to reject the content of religion and their faith starts to decrease, then they won't have the power of that. Like, for example, communion. We believe that communion is going to, like, give us, say, power, right? Like, it'll give us... Like
0: a unity with
5: God, for example. Yes. So if they choose to reject that, then... You're going to miss out on that
4: unity, yeah. yeah. That, yeah strength, it, that, that strength, that religious aspect. Yeah. To
2: add on to the communion part of what Rafaela said, I I agree to that because usually when I finish church and we finish the communion, I usually feel really good after. Like I feel like the sense of like, like you take a breath in, mm-hmm. and you feel so relieved and relaxed throughout the day that you had the body of Christ within you. You feel lighter.
4: Yeah. C- communion, especially. A lot of times you go to church and not take communion, mm-hmm. but still, and you'd feel it's it's. You don't feel the same. When you take communion, you do feel more euphoric. Like you went to a birthday right?
0: party yeah. and didn't eat cake, you know? Like, <laughs> That's a good <laughs> analogy. Yeah, there you horrible. go. <laughs> yeah. Who does that? I know. <laughs> Unless you're fasting. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it transforms yeah. you in a yeah. sense. like
3: yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, Absolutely. I mean, uh, communion is a sacrament. So the, the thing about all seven sacraments is they are, uh, the reason why they're sacraments is they are opportunities where man and God become one. So when you look at baptism, chrismation, you know, unction of the sick, ordination, all these things, these are opportunities where the Holy Spirit descends upon you and there's a connection. And, and communion is one of those opportunities, right? That's why those sacraments are very holy, uh, because those are the seven times where you are in direct communion with God, where, where the Holy Spirit and yourself are, are in, in communion. And, um, and you are supposed to feel that way. You are supposed to feel enriched. You're, you're supposed to feel powerful. You're supposed to feel, but only if you allow yourself. Because there's a lot of people out there being like, "Well, I've never, I've never felt that." Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, you have to allow God in. It's not enough to do the act, because uh, for a lot of people, it's just a robotic act. I confess every month, I take communion. You know, it's just, it's just robotic, right? Even, even the the the, the ordination, the marriage, which is supposed to be very, very powerful things, you know, for some people, they really have no effect on them whatsoever, right? Like uh, when you guys were ordained deacons, right? Did you feel a difference? And and if you did feel that difference, is that something that carried over into into your life? I mean, do do we take it seriously? No, don't answer that. Just talking in generally, right? No answer, please. So,
0: <laughs> hey, especially uh, you, Mark. <laughs> wow. So,
3: so, so, so there is no science that can explain that. There is no microscopic lens that you can use. There's no scientific test that can prove that this is when God resides in your heart and you're one with God. But, but there is evidence of it in the sense that you're feeling it, if you allow yourself to feel it. Someone that's a slave to science, someone that sees science as a religion, will try everything possible to detract from that and disprove it. But the fact of the matter is this. You can neither disprove nor prove the existence of God or many of these metaphysical things. In fact, this is a temporary world. This This is temporary. There's there's a time there's a there's a ticking time on this on this world, the the real world the world that's eternal is the spiritual world, and it has and it has both a heaven and a hell, right? That's what's real, and there's nothing science can do to prove that. So if you get if you get to a point in your life, you know, which is very common in the Western world, especially when you go to college and whatnot, and you believe uh, in the religion of science. And mark my words, there's a lot of atheists that say I'm not religious, I'm an atheist. You you believe in something. You believe in science if that's your God, right? If science is your God, that's your God, and you worship at that altar of science. And there's a lot of people that, that that just move their faith into science. You're limiting yourself. And and this is the best example we can give you. So back in the days, uh, true or false, science is something that grows and expands and evolves over time.
0: True. true. Can I all
3: agree to that? Okay. In the times of Christ, I mean, there are biblical entries in the gospel where someone would just fall on the floor and start frothing at the mouth Right. And just be like, uh, and, and they would say that's the scientific uh, understanding at the time was this person has a demon. But now we know that that kind of behavior that happens to people that are type one diabetics and they're, and they're hyperglycemic or it happens epilepsy. to people that are in epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Right. We know multiple reasons why or, or, or you know, people that were uh, born with sight and then over time they lost their sight. Oh, they must have done some sin to to have that to, done to them. Right. But in reality, that would be me. I wear glasses right? They didn't have glasses back then. So I was born with sight and around the time of like third or fourth grade, I, I started to lose my sight. I couldn't see clearly, right? Glasses fixed that for me. But back then they're like, oh, this guy must have done something or his parents must have done something yeah. for him to to have this sin. So do you see how limited science can be during the time that, that that particular person is in it, right? Now we know all these things have a scientific explanation. Let me ask you this. What if there are things today in this world that we don't know, that we don't fully understand, and maybe we have a misunderstanding of it, and 10, 20, 30 years from now, they're going to look back and say, oh, I can explain why this person got cancer. Oh, for I, sure. Yeah, I can. Yeah, ex- I sure. can explain this whole COVID thing. I, I can give you a medicine that's gonna uh, you know relieve you completely of AIDS, completely cure you of AIDS. What if What if that's the future? So if you're be- putting your belief system in something that is finite, something that is not fully baked, something that has limitations, and even science itself recognizes we can't, we have limitations, right? If that's gonna be your religion, then is that something you really want to do? versus putting your faith and and love and life in the hands of an infinite being.
0: Right. And that's I think that's where we kind of talked about this in our episode of um, Who is God? So uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, Where a lot of times the problem comes in not with God making himself known to people, but rather people not wanting to open up their hearts to God. And I think a lot of people who put all of their faith in science like you were saying theo end up wanting to kind of like harden their hearts or close off the doors you know to god of their hearts so that it's it's like they've already made up their mind it's like me going to my mom and asking her for like i don't know if i can buy a purse or something and i already know she's gonna say no but i already made up in my mind that i'm saying yes you know it's kind of that same concept where like their decision has been made already but they're still going to do like they're going to just test it just to say that they tested it and i feel like sometimes that's what a lot of people who go into science to base their religion or just say everything needs to be proven by science otherwise it's not true um they don't have that sense of wanting to know god it's more so of i'm just looking for any reason to say god is not true and god doesn't exist just so i can be right it's it's like a form of stubbornness in a sense you know a challenge yeah exactly like but why would you want to take up that challenge and like try to prove so many things that are so difficult to prove you know please, baby,
3: please. absolutely i mean uh, there's an agenda right and and people are so uh self-centered sometimes that they they don't realize that they're being driven by an agenda because if mm-hmm. god doesn't exist i can do whatever i want I can, you know, be with whoever I want. I can do whatever drug I want. I can pursue whatever I want to pursue, and no one has to tell me what it is because God doesn't exist, right? So a lot of us want to delete God uh, in order, so because we're not, not we're, we're God, created in God's image. We are good people at heart, you know. It, it, we can't only very very horrible bad people admit the existence of God and still do bad. Saying in your face, right? Very very few people like that exist in this world. Very very few. Right? At the end of the day, the vast majority of the world is created, uh, you know, is good, and we're all created in God's image. And so they, they need an excuse to do the behavior that they need to do. And sometimes it means deleting God. I, I do want to just correct one thing. So when we're talking about those examples in the Bible, right, I'm not saying that that specific story in the Bible, that person really didn't have a demon, uh, and that person was just blind or whatever it is. I'm just saying in general, in general. I'm not talking about specifically about the Bible. But it's important to realize that the answer, where science fails, where science cannot explain, God enters, and as long as you admit that, as long then, then there's nothing wrong with believing in science, with using science, with with uh, uh, appreciating science, because at some point you're going to be faced with a situation where science can stop, science' ability stops, and you must have faith in God, and and then you have to believe in God, and if you can make that transfer, right, if you can you know put God above science, then then incredible things can happen. The story of the miracles, right? How many Boba cross miracles do we all know? I mean, there's some people that can't even fit, you know have no idea what the creed is but they know about Corilous miracles right can, can science explain any of that probably not right but you have to allow for for that opportunity and some people just don't want to do that right because if they admit that's the case then then, then there's some serious repercussions to what they're doing and the last thing is so you said Raphael something about um, uh, people uh, purposely wanting to you know look for an excuse or forget exactly what you said something along that lines um, so th- that's demonic. When you think about it, right? Because, like, if the devil exists, then God has to exist too. Right. So the devil convinces that he doesn't exist, right? Because if God doesn't exist, then the devil can't exist. And then he lures you into a sense of security. Well, Well, you know, you can explain that through science. You are in control of your own life. Can I ask you, who wants to be in control of their own life? Who really actually wants to be in control of your life? True. Wouldn't you rather give your life to a father, an all-powerful, all-loving father, who not wants nothing but goodness for you, who knows exactly, he knows all things. He knows what's going to work out for you. He knows who you should be with. He knows what job you should have. He knows how many kids you should have. He knows what you should call your kids. He knows what's going to happen when you run into this obstacle and be have the power to be able to clear that obstacle for you. Right? He knows all these things. Would you rather try to figure that out yourself or would you rather give it to him?
0: Well, that's the thing. A lot of people don't have that faith to trust in God. You know, I I think a lot of, and when you look at people who, who undergo, um, these transformations or who kind of deny the faith or deny God's existence, you can always find some kind of root cause to why they're denying God. Um, whether like a trauma, yes, like a trauma. (laughs) I was just going to get to that. Episode four. Yeah. Go back to our episodes and and listen to our trauma one. Yeah, like you know, a lot of a lot of their problems stem from trust issues, you know, whether if it was familiar trust issues or friend trust issues or, you know, a superior that they trusted and then they failed them. You know, a lot of people sometimes take things in a very extreme way. Needless to say, I'm not trying to belittle any of it, but they take it in a very extreme way and they cast it out on God and say God is the one that did this to me. So I don't, is there even a God if he's allowing this to happen? You know, like it's kind of like the, why do bad things happen to good people type of theory? You know, why would God allow this to happen to me? Why would he deny me like this? And a lot of people just don't put their faith in God or they try to take everything personally, but not try to see the silver lining or try to look at the blessings that can come out of a situation. You know, like if someone got diagnosed with cancer, for example, you know, it's a tough it's a, that's a tough one you know but there's so many silver linings that you can look into it you can start enjoying your time with your family a lot more you start to appreciate so much more of the finer things in life you really start to realize what is more important from your day-to-day situation um, your faith with God gets so much stronger because don't don't they say like cancer is like the the waiting period for um, like seeing God or something and you start getting closer Ah,
3: uh, but I'm sure can. Like, yeah. 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 What,
0: what is it? What is it?
3: Uh, I can't, he called cancer the blessing, the, one of the greatest blessings from God because it gives you an opportunity to prepare Yes. You know, versus like dying in a car accident. Yeah. Not, like not, suddenly
0: yeah. and you're not prepared. So, so like, you know, there's so many silver linings that you can find out of a really bad situation. You know, obviously I don't wish cancer on anybody, but you know, always putting your faith in God and realizing that as long as if you stay near to him, everything will come good in, in the way that he has planned.
3: So, so let's turn to our panel. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, on, on where we're going with this? Mark, since you're the most talkative, yeah,
4: all right. Um, so, I just wanted to say that I believe perspective plays a big role in this because, let's say, you know, someone who, like a child, right? He wasn't, you know, introduced or he's not familiar with, you know, the faith from a young age. It's not really a part of their life. Let's say by the time they get to 10 years old they experience a traumatic event right they don't know that even though i just went through something traumatic it's you know there's a silver lining or there's reasons to it it's not god trying to punish me but this is just the world we live in uh you know god still god is still watching over me correct um that person right since they don't have that that connection with faith they might, you know, curse at God, be like, why exactly what you guys just said, you know, why am I being put through this? Why are you doing this to me? And then they might just abandon the idea altogether. And what's the alternative? Science, the material world, right? That's, you know, oh, this is what makes sense. We're all looking for what makes sense. Things happen. And when things happen that we don't understand, it scares us, right? It's the fear of the unknown, correct? Mm -hmm. So if science is like, oh, we can give you an answer. And if we don't have an answer yet, you know, will eventually have an answer because of whatever methods we have and the technologies that advance throughout the times, correct? Um, I think that perspective is very important because you can look at the world from two different, you know, viewpoints, and that's what's going to uh, lead you to what you believe in, what you choose, you know, who you choose your God to be. Because I do believe that there are people who see the material world and it's a lot more simple. It's very easy to comprehend and they see that it gives them more freedoms, right? But, you know, compared to, you know, religion and having faith in something, you know, you don't, you know, see or stuff you don't comprehend and living by a set of, you know, rules, I guess we could call it, right? Um, I, I think there are people who don't do it as maliciously in a sense where they don't want that burden or they don't want that excuse, right? There are people, like I said, who this is just what they've, you know, been through in their life and, you know, this is just where they're at.
1: That's, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna... <laughs>
3: what, what do you think, Steven?
1: I was gonna add on to what Mark said right now and before. Um, I feel like something that's very overlooked and underestimated is faith. Like, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we, I feel like we easily say it, but truly when someone has faith and it's in their life and it's the way they just go on with everything, it really, it hits different. It really feels great rather than always having an excuse. Faith really makes you, makes the difference.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what what does the Bible say about faith? Um, when, when you look at Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let's let's break that up a little uh, little bit. The substance of things hoped for it's tying faith and hope together, right? If you have faith in your life, you're saying that I recognize my limitations as a man, as a woman, as a human. I know that I cannot do the things that I need to do. I know I cannot understand the things I need to understand. and, And I really don't know where I need to go in life. I understand that. And I accept that those limitations, but I have faith, right? I have faith in God and my hope is in God. And I know that any, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm hopeful. I'm not scared. I'm not sad. I'm hopeful. And I, I have faith. And I put all my faith and my trust in God because I know that he will take care of me as as my father. And it's the evidence of things not seen. How is that possible? How can there be evidence for something that cannot be seen? What do you guys think?
0: It's a faith factor. Definitely. Of, of believing that it's there. You know, you, you don't have to have evidence, but you can. It's like a... I don't know. It's like a, a feeling, you know, it's it's not necessarily a concrete thing that you can objectively put out there and say, I see this and you see this. So we both believe, but rather, and, and that's what makes faith so different is that everybody's degree of faith varies based off of their personal relationship with God. So, you know, we can't all say that just because we've been baptized, just because we take communion every week, we all go to church. We can't all say that our level of faith is at the same exact, you know, level so to say everybody has varying uh degrees of faith and varying relationships with god based off of you know how much faith they put in god how much they trust in god
3: it, it, yeah exactly it, it's like being a child right like my, my, my little boy he's very curious about everything he wants to know what all these Love things him. was like uh on saturday they, they did the um the hafla for, for the kids, right? The party or whatnot. And he, and he was in the, the baby's choir. And so he's standing there. Everyone's holding their picture, right? He's holding his picture like landscape when it should be portrait. And he's, he doesn't, he's not paying attention. He's just looking around. And then he sees Abuna, And then he goes, Tamli, to Abuna. He goes, what are you doing? And Buddha just <laughs> dies of laughter. So he doesn't understand. So he's like, Da'e. And he points, he, points, he points to the crucifix like, Da'e. Meanwhile, the kids are singing and he's just talking, having a conversation with Abuna. He doesn't care, right? That's how we are in the world. You know, that's how God wants us to be. We don't understand everything. We don't understand everything. But we look to our father and say, what is this? You know, what are you doing for me? How how, how can you help me? And he has full faith. My, he's a very simple kid. He has full faith that... It's going to be explained to him. It's going to be taken care of him. In fact, he has a thought one second. The next second, he's thinking about chicken nuggets, right? It, it, he does. He's not He's not consciously worried about the next day, right? Because he knows his dad has him. He knows his abuna has him. He knows his community has him. And the church is going to take care of him. He, he's confident in that. He doesn't even think about it. He doesn't worry about it, right? That's kind of like us grasping for tra- straws. You know, you get to a certain age and you're like, Wait a second. What if God's not there? What if what if what if God? What if I'm a bad person? And God's not listening to me, or what if He doesn't love me? Or you know, where am I going to go for college? Or who am I going to get married to? Or you start freaking out, right? That's not being like a child. Remember, right? you, you must like you must be like one of these little ones in order to inherit the kingdom of God. That's our Lord telling us how to be. But sometimes we get stuck and we forget, and we try to be more mature. The way Adam and Eve were like, hmm, I'd like to know as much as God knows. Let me take a bite of this apple. It's like the same sin, and that's when we lose our way, because at some point, we lose our faith.
0: You, you, there's something interesting that I maybe like to throw out there that sometimes we have, like for example, we're we're looking at like evolution, not evolution like human evolution, but looking at like the evolution of technology and science within the past few years, and ever since technology was introduced. I don't know, in the nineties or whenever it was introduced, there was like a skyrocket of information and science that really boomed. And part of me always wonders like, what if God is only like, for example, how have we not, you know, hypothetically cured cancer? You know, how have we not found the science to that? But I don't know maybe I'll, I'll throw this out there i feel like god kind of gives us doses of what we can handle as human beings on this world for us to scientifically discover so like for example why didn't they discover technology so much earlier in like the early 90s why why did it happen now you know like we've been on this earth for like 2000 years even more or longer so why is it that we're just now discovering something different you know so i I don't know what do you what do you guys think like do you guys think god is only just putting out or uh, you know opening our eyes to new discoveries piece by piece so that we can maybe get closer to him but maybe he's shielding us from certain things so we don't think that we're on top of the world i don't know i i was just thinking about i have i have something i kind
2: of want to apply this to something that we're currently under which is COVID 19 which W- what's
3: COVID nineteen? We're in Florida. We, I don't know what that what, is. What's,
2: what's, what's COVID nineteen? So, um, so let's go back two years. Two thousand nineteen is when we were first discovered that it was, times. it was hitting us yeah. in the beginning. So all of us were thinking, what are we gonna do? We're all having this fear instilled in us through you know media and all that. We're like not sure. So in the beginning, we're thinking this might impact us and we're gonna go through so so much trauma and whatnot. This is where faith is applied as well because we believe that through proper cleaning and hygiene we're always like everyone's overstocking on toilet paper and <laughs> chlor. Chloro- I still don't know the stuff. reason for that but anyway so we we always like apply the faith in us that we're gonna be better all of us we're gonna break down the the slope of the curve the curve whatever, and all yeah. that so 15 days max didn't happen but um, <laughs> 15 days lol two <laughs> years worked, later we're together we got <laughs> this so now we're in better times because most of us feel like when we're not stuck in the house and we can go outside and st- look at what's going on outside it's okay like we'll be fine so that's something like that as well when it's app- applied to excuse me uh religion and science so i feel like that's something we can improve on. As well, a whole. well, you know,
0: like that's a perfect example, Sophia, because that that's the perfect example to bring into religion versus science. Because, for example, you know, obviously our church closed down for a couple months during the pandemic last spring and then it reopened granted with limitation. So yes, we, we took in and acknowledged the facts of science of how like COVID-19 spreads, but we didn't have that deter us from the faith that if we have like liturgy, for example, that COVID would spread within liturgy. Like, yes, we still, you know, conducted liturgy, but within means, you know, within an organized manner that science helped us better understand. So it's not like we're just blindly turning uh, you know, our faces away from science and saying, "No, it's not going to spread." Like you can you can still have faith that COVID will not spread for example in in the act of communion because we're using the same spoon, um, but at the same time you also use logic to see how you can minimize the impact. And honestly, like we've we've been having communion for like what, a year and a half now. And I, yeah, people have gotten COVID, but from outside the church, not from the active commune of communion. So I feel like if anything, that should really instill stronger faith in people and understanding that this is a holy sacrament, that the Holy Spirit is involved in this. And it's not just like a meal time for everyone, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's much bigger than that.
4: I want to bring up a few points, right? So I don't mean to backtrack, but I'm sure we all heard of the, the phrase, trust the process, mm-hmm. right? So I just wanted to say that I think that, you know, phrase is applied to faith, right? Because if you have faith, you trust the process. You trust in yourself. You trust that God's watching over you. You trust that God's in your life, right? You trust that no matter what you're going through, there's a plan. You're going to overcome it, right? You're not, it's not the end of the world, right? And I feel like when you don't have that, and let's say you just purely believe in the material scientific world that we live in you can get you can fall into depression and a rut very quickly very quickly Mm -hmm. right because you don't have that mentality of trusting the process and having faith that's that's one thing I wanted to mention second thing I wanted to mention is that I I don't think like we're not bashing science here right because having a curious mind and you know questioning everything like your, your boy for example right That's, I mean, he could grow up to be a great scientist because he has that mindset, right? But that doesn't mean, you know, he's going to abandon the religion, right? You can have both at the same time. And when you have faith, when you trust the process, I feel like that mindset helps you a lot more in doing scientific things, right? Like Mm -hmm. the scientific theory and stuff that relates to the materialistic world and applying that to even stuff that's not really like research based, right? That's the second point I wanted to bring up. <laughs> Sorry, I have a list. He has a list. <laughs> Third point That's I wanted awesome. to bring up is um, the talk about, you know, current talk about the modern day technology and um, COVID-19, for example, right? So I believe what you said, Justine, about God giving us like little breaks in science, like, oh, we had to break through here, we had a breakthrough here. Not to say that, you know, you're completely wrong, but I somewhat disagree. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Not to say you're completely wrong, but listen, okay. you're completely wrong. <laughs> no, because, again, I could be completely wrong, but I personally believe you that.
0: You are. <laughs> obviously. Right? I'm just kidding. Keep going.
4: I personally believe that, you know, God's not controlling, you know, the, it's not like he's controlling everything, right? God gave us free will for a reason, right? So we have the free will to advanced in technology or not advanced in technology right i feel like we live in a world where things happen by nature there's no like you know coincidence or destiny or anything like that right so if we discover if we had scientific discoveries during you know the space race in the 60s right or you know inventing the wheel right or whatever it is throughout history i feel like the reason we haven't advanced much further isn't because you know god is holding us back but because we're holding ourselves back through politics or through wars or you know stupid human things, right? If I mean theoretically, if we all just put our minds together and wanted to, you know, this is, this is borderline, build the tower build that build the reaches. Tower. Yeah, no, I would, literally like if we all this is borderline, you know, right? But if we all put our minds together and decide, hey, we want to do everything scientific, we'll do it like that. You know, it's it's not it's not that we can't. It's just that. We're stupid, you know, <laughs> because of the way we interact with each other, politics and thereof. And I feel like that um, it's heavily shown in the whole COVID nineteen thing. How there's so many controversies, right? So you said science says, you know, oh, six feet, wear the mask, all that stuff, right? People believe that. Then you have people who are doctors and you know scientists, right? They're saying the masks don't do anything, blah 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 blah. So now who do you believe? So you see how it's not God you know he's not I, I don't think he's putting his hand into things it's more we're not
0: well, like you said sometimes there politics. Politics. you yep. it is sometimes mm-hmm. politics or you know vr, you know promoting this organization versus that organization and you're, you are right a lot of times it's just it's the ego of the human mm-hmm. that uh, that gets in the way of everyone's betterment you know we're flawed
4: right and I feel like speak for yourself oh,
0: okay.
3: <laughs> um, perfect. It, it's actually the, the truth is is in the middle uh, because the Bible says uh, all things happen for good for those that love God and do his will. Okay? Which means what? Which means that no matter what happens, God's hand is never removed from your life as long as you do what? Two things. You love God and you do his will. There's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm a Christian. Things aren't happening in the way. Well, hold on, buddy. Do It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. That's like the very basic. Do you love God and do you do his will? I I can go out there and grab thirty Christians off the street. Granted, it's becoming less and less every year, but I can still do it. But do those people love God and do they do His will? And honestly, no one's really going to know except God and that person, right? So, so for those people that choose to love God and do His will, and abide by Him and abide in Him, and He abides in them. Yeah, no, no, you, you can't say that God's not involved. God is 100% involved in every single thing that happens in their lives. And sometimes if God's got to get supernatural, he'll get supernatural, right? Like we, we, we've heard the stories, right, of, of kids that were playing in the, uh, there's a story in Egypt, uh, in Cairo, they have these huge apartments, and this kid on like the 13th floor, he, his mom leaves him for a second, he goes outside the window to play with an asfura, and everyone's like, oh my God, the kid's going to fall, and then he falls, but nothing happens to him for the 13th floor right? Because, I mean, you know, this is a mother who loved God and, and, and did God's will and God didn't let that happen. I'm not saying that the, the kids who actually fall and die are, are not, you know, have not good parents. I'm not saying that. I'm just using it as proof to say that for those that love God and do his will, God, God's hand does not leave their life. But then there are people that are like, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't believe in you. Even if I believed in you, I don't want to give you my life, which is technically his to begin with. And for those people, they're on their own. And it's not because God removes his hand from them it's more like it's more this god's trying to put his hand and they're like sm- sma- smacking it away i don't need you and and now now your point comes in about free will where, where god says well if you, if you don't need me that's fine now who's who's the most famous example of that lucifer i don't need you i could do better i could do better without you i'm gonna start my own kingdom okay go to hell <laughs> like the first time everyone, the first time everyone was told to go to hell, right? Like you don't need me, you don't want me around you. Okay, there you go. Go ahead. Let's see how good you do, right? It's not. It's not. You know, God's attitude is not. Let's see how things good you do. It's just that God respects free will. He honors free will because he's created. We are created in his image. And who can tell God what to do? Nobody. So God will respect that. So, that. so your point is valid. So then, what happens when there's a whole bunch of people in the world that are doing their own thing and they're godless, and a whole bunch of people, and maybe less people in the world that are doing God's will and you know what happens when they clash? Twenty
0: twenty one,
3: COVID, Wuhan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, what 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 happens is this? God. Sometimes we think of God as this all-powerful like rescue ranger. You know, like Paw Patrol, like my little kid. Like God's gonna jump in his car and zoom in and save the day. That's not how God works. You know, the the most accurate ex- example of God that I've ever seen in any media is Bruce Almighty. Mm. Uh, kids, make sure you ask your parents to watch that movie before you watch it. But uh, is but that
0: the movie with Morgan Freeman? Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so who is God in that movie? When God reveals Himself up front, who is God in that movie? Morgan,
0: Morgan Freeman.
3: No, oh, I know. What, what's Morgan Freeman doing? Like, what does Morgan Freeman reveal Himself as? What job is he? What human job is he working? Janitor. A janitor. Yeah. I totally forgot. Janitor. I've never seen the movie. So, look, look, look at the humility in God. God is not. He, although He can jump in and save the day with like a snap of His fingers metaphorical snuff his fingers he doesn't god is a janitor god comes in and cleans up our mess right or the mess that someone else brings us into Right. God's the, God is the power, is the force, is the being that comes and holds you and hugs you when when you have a great loss or uh, tries to wipe every. I mean, it says it in Revelations, he wipes the t- every single tear from their face, from every single tear from their face. Like if someone's crying and that's a lot of tears, God is literally wiping the tears from their face. Right? This is God. God is the janitor in his humility and his love. Right. He's not what we think he is. He, he comes in there to clean it up, to make it better, to accept us after we've screwed everything up and say, I'll fix this for you, but only if you let me in. That's God, right? right?
4: So this is just a small thing, just came to my my, my mind right now, right? Um, for the example of the Tower of Babel, right? If they had built that tower, they would've reached space, right? Theoretically, right? And that wouldn't have been good for them. They would've, you know, suffered, right? So maybe, again, this just came to my mind. I may be completely wrong. Maybe God, you know, caused confusion so that it's for their best interest and they just didn't see it at that time. We see it as a negative thing, but again, God works in mysterious ways. Maybe he did it as a positive thing to not, you know, allow these people to suffer, right? Again, just came to mind, don't know if it's accurate or not. Well,
3: well, I mean, you know, you you can extrapolate some correctness from that in in the (laughs) sense that the the sin of the Tower from Babel is, is the same sin as Adam and Eve, is the same sin of Lucifer, is the same sin that we commit every single day. I'm good on my own. I don't need you. Right, I don't need to live within your purview. I don't need to live according to your rules. I can do it on my own. Yeah, you do realize that the Bible is the same story repeated over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's the same story. Every single person, like it's the biggest soap opera. The Old got...
0: Testament is like copy paste but different characters. Yeah, exactly. You ever
3: watch a yeah. It's the same theme mm-hmm. Someone get, falls in love, then they cheat, then they want to do something crazy, and then it all works out. Right, it's the same thing over and over. It's the same story. Right, man falls in love with God. Man does everything God wants him to do. God loves man so much. God grants blessings to man. Man lives happily ever after, until the next generation who doesn't love God as much because they didn't have to struggle. So they forget about God. They go and they worship the idols or they worship something else or they do something else. They lose God's favor because they pull away from God. Not God pulls away from them. They pull away from God. Horrible things happen when you pull away from God. They struggle and they turn to, and, and they turn to God and they say, where have you been? God has mercy on man. He forgives them. He takes care of them. He brings them back into his good graces. Things go happen well and then repeat and rinse over and over and over and over again again, until our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where he all of a sudden provides an alternative to that. And yet what does man do? Nope, they go back to the Old (laughs) Testament. And and until this day, we're doing the same thing.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Like we only go to God when we need him. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's so
5: important to allow God to reach you on his terms and not your terms. Like it's so important for him to address you like through his terms. That's why we we see him like that like like you just said like it's that's what i think
0: i think we 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 only go to him when we need something it's kind of like the little kid that goes to his mom when he needs like 50 cents to go play with a toy or like with us with a machine yeah. or a game or something, but, but like the rest of the day they're like, mom, I don't need you. Or,
4: or once they get the toy machine, they're like, I don't need you anymore mom, exactly, thanks. Exactly, yeah, you know? bye. <laughs> it's like we're just using God, right?
3: Yeah, which is what, what happens if you give your kid everything they want? They come out spoiled and ill-prepared for the difficulties of life. Mm-hmm. So if you're a good parent, you're not gonna give your kid everything you want. So those people that go out there and like, why don't you give me what I want? Or, you know, why did I not get into medical school? Or, or you know, why can't I have her? Like why, 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 why? Oh, I don't believe in you anymore. Well, think about this for a second. Look at it from God's perspective. If I gave you all the things that you wanted, such as if I gave you a Glock, uh, you know, a Glock nine, mm-hmm. and you have no idea how, about gun safety, you're going to shoot your head off. So why would I, as a parent, do that for you, mm-hmm. right? Meanwhile, we're acting spoiled, like the spoiled children of God that we are, and like, ah, oh, no, I hate you, Dad. Like, come on. Are we, uh, I don't want. I want to say it. Th- that's that's a lot of the issue that we have. We get so self-absorbed, so f- self-focused. That there's no room for God, and then when it's time to explain things, oh yeah, yeah, science. The funny thing is, have you ever like sat down with someone that says I'm a believer in science, I'm not a believer of God, and they actually ask them about science and they have no idea what the basic principles of science are? Have you, have you ever like? It's so <laughs> common. People like want to worship, but they just want to say they're you know they believe in science, but they're not even taking the time to learn about their own religion, which is science, right? They're just using it, like you said, as an excuse.
4: Some people are just delusional. You know, they just again, this isn't an attack on anyone, or you know, it's not supposed to be an attack, right? But some people, they they just, they want their life to be a certain way, and it's it's not the way it is, and like, you know, Raphael said, it's not on your terms, it's on, you know, God's terms, right? So, as long as you trust the process, right? You have faith, right? And you take it one step at a time, you'll get there, right? If God allows, if this is, you know, what's his in will. It for, His will, there you go, thank you. Um, But a lot of people, there's just, you know, it's it, having faith is complex, right? So it's complex because you don't have control. And a lot of people are control freaks. So I, I, even though I just said that, I think having faith is that it's more simple when you look at it truly, right? It's just, it, when, when you believe in science only and you reject faith completely, um, you're putting a huge burden on yourself, right? Even though at face value, it's the other way around. Because when you're out there in the world on your own and you're trying to explain everything you're going through and everything you see, you're going to lose your mind. Mm -hmm. It's not this...
0: It's a tireless search.
4: Exactly, exactly, right? And you're going to live your whole life until your deathbed and you're still going to have questions and you're still going to be unsure about things, right? And how many times have we seen people live this life and right at the end they're like, you know what? I accept God because it makes no sense what I just lived the rest of... Right? Yeah.
0: Give him an amen, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's good. That's a good
4: point. I was, I was going to say something else. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I'm sure he will come to me later. No, no. So, so what
3: you're really saying is rather than us drive. Jesus take
2: the wheel.
3: Jesus take
4: the
2: wheel.
3: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah like, like what you were saying where, you know, if you just believe in science, you're putting it all upon yourself to produce answers for things. When in, in reality, on the other hand, you could just ask God to, to provide answers and you don't have to worry about it. You know, it's just you, your worries you. on God. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Can I
2: share something that happened? Wait,
3: let's give her an amen okay. <laughs> or, or not. Amen. <laughs> go, go ahead, Sophia.
2: So I'm not going to get too personal, but I would say 2020 was the toughest year I've ever like had in my life so far. So it was around the last semester of my college career. And at the same time I was going through some like emotional issues and just overall problems in my life and it took me about I would say close to a month to, a real, to the point where I realized like I need God in my life and I like actually opened myself to him and I finally started understanding that it's this is all like time actually heals and that everything will be okay and if I have the right people around me then you know I'll be okay and not you know worry about what I have in my mind and just just to let go of whatever's going on and to move on from it and it's something that like this whole topic has opened up myself way more than I when it should have and I relate to it 100% so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm over the problems that I had in the past and moving on from it and Something
5: that I to that.
2: Yeah,
3: I, you're expressing something that, you know, if only we all felt that, right? like that.
2: Like that one discussion we had on yeah. Friday night that, you know, your heart is on fire. That's what I feel like currently. It's mm-hmm. just something that I... Well, yeah. you made it to the you know. promised land. Yeah,
3: I mean, you're, you're the Hebrews wandering in the desert for 40 years, wandering, lost. You think you know where you're going? Hey, guys, we're gonna go that way. No, no, no. we got a bunch of Middle Eastern people trying to figure out where to get where to go. <laughs> like that's why they were lost. Everyone was the boss. Like everyone was trying to figure it out. And then for, it took them 40 years to come out of the the desert. Symbolizes a drought, a lack of of the significant things in life, the things that are meaningful. And then all of a sudden, you enter into the promised land. It's like, whoosh, like you feel there's milk and honey and all the things that you need and you're happy and you're on fire and let me ask let me ask focusing specifically on the connection with god when did you know like when did it happen like when did it
2: um i believe i don't remember exactly but i just felt this sense of peace and not like paranoia around me it's just god has your back type of thing i just woke up feeling so refreshed and like comforted yeah yep like Mm -hmm. someone just gave me a big warm hug like burdens were removed yeah
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. off your shoulder lighter and you can see a lot like it's it's great that you share that sophia because a lot of people went through so much the past since the pandemic started because it's been a stressful time for many people and you find that the people who did not attach themselves to god or the people who thought that they could resolve problems their own way or the people who depended on media or uh, science or you know our government to really instruct us on what to do because no one in the end knew what they were doing. Well, let's be real. Like One day they would tell us one thing, the next thing, the other. It was just a mess. No, no, no,
3: hold on. All The entire army of Egyptian uncles on Facebook knew exactly what <laughs> yes. to do. Yeah,
0: Drink the chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Oh, no. so, so a lot of people who put their faith in in what the world worldly information was providing them they had so much anxiety and so much depression and so much ups and downs and they would
3: And so much <laughs> unused toilet paper
0: yeah. I know honestly but but then when you look at the people who just stayed calm and they were like you know god is going to take care of this why why would i sit here and stress over it yeah we each do our own job and our own role to take care of, of things but Again, that, and that goes throughout all of our lives. We each have to do our own role to do what our purpose is in this life. But when we give up our faith to God and really trust that he has a path for us, it's just a matter of us allowing him to open the doors for us. That's when we will feel like that comfort that you were talking about, Sophia, or that like fire burning inside you because you feel full. You feel like... God has entered your life and really shown you the way. Like you you see this light that you've never seen before. And unfortunately a lot of people just miss out on it. You know, like you were saying, Raphael, a lot of people miss out on on these deep connections with God because they're focused on investing their time and their efforts in the wrong thing. You know, something that's perishable but not something that's timeless. So.
3: And and you know what? Um, for just as many people that are trying to lead you in the right direction you know your father confession your parents uh your church community i would say there's double the amount of people trying to lead you in the other direction you know the the other direction being um hey i'm miserable you should be miserable too Mm -hmm. and i'm going to do that by trying to mess with your value system because if you stop valuing him and you start valuing these physical things and what you're wearing and where you're going and you know which clubs you can get into and whatnot then then you know what that has worth but does it does it no because there's always going to be someone hotter there's always going to be someone uh, more successful there's always going to be someone doing better than you on a materialistic level and it becomes a rat race you know i got to do better even if it means you go into bankruptcy again i don't understand these hype beasts they spend a thousand dollars on an outfit and they still look homeless somebody explain that to me (laughs) it's been seven episodes no one's explained it to me (laughs) um but but that leads us probably to the last thing we want to cover here is what about those people that want to take science and use it as for a negative agenda for an anti-God, anti-Christian agenda. Let, let's 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 be a little bit more clear and give an example. There's a lot of science, or, or I think it's pseudoscience, uh, especially in the world of psychology, that says, you know what, people are born gay. Or people are born uh, thinking that they're a woman when they're in a man's body, and we should accept that, right? There's all of the science and similar to that, that, that essentially is trying, in my opinion, is trying to uh, explain sin and validate sin and normalize sin. And I don't even think it's a majority, to be honest. I, I just think that these people are in the media and everywhere and, and they're very loud and they're proud and they're trying to convince the majority that this is true. I think it's becoming the majority, but it's not there yet. And, and, and how, do we, how do we engage with people like that? How do we engage with people that are leading literally, literally leading our children astray, teaching us in the school systems, teaching that this is science, that it's science that people are born this way? Okay? When in reality, if you look at science, okay, let's say, okay, you were born this way. Let's say everyone, if it's perfectly okay, let's say we have a generation where everyone turns gay. What's the future of the world if everyone's gay?
4: There's no future.
3: There is no future, right? So how can that be natural? How can, how can that be right? How can that be something that God has allowed, right? This is, I mean, that's just exactly. an example, but you can make many, many different examples of that, right? Like, so, such as, uh, you know what? I mean, they used science in the old days to prove segregation, to prove that, you know, uh, racism was a, was a thing. You know, there's a lot of people that said black people are inferior, and I can scientifically prove it. You know, based on whatever. Obviously, that's false, right? Science can be used because it's a tool for evil. Science can be used to do horrible things, like um, pornography. Now, uh, you know, one of the things that's happening in, the, in that area is uh, the d- digital reality. What is it, the 4D world? Oh. Uh, lots and lots of companies now are trying to create you know virtual pornography, I- I- essentially, right? And that's an example of using something that that's science. It's not good or bad. For for bad, right? For it's getting to a point now where uh, you know people are being hooked and addicted to this, and they're not, they're not having normal relationships or normal social relationships with other people. They're just staying at home and doing these things, right? This is an example again. I'm not against technology. I'm not against social. Well, I am against social media, but I'm not. I'm I'm not against you know all these things. I'm just saying that it's a, it's a tool, and there are some people out there that are using that tool for bad. They're using it against God's will. How do we deal with those people? What do we say to them?
4: So. Um I'm going to have the answer you're looking for to your question, but I just want to say for the examples you brought up and the you know, what we're talking about right now, a lot of people will actually use the words in the Bible because sometimes they're pretty vague and you can make your own definition out of them and twist the words to back their claims and go against, you know, religion, right? To use the Bible to attack religion. And I just want to say that that's one thing you know that I feel like we can. I guess this does answer your question. We can you know use that, and instead of allowing them to twist the words, we can have stronger meanings to you know these words. Like there's some things that are written in the Bible that can be taken in many different ways compared you know um, you know compared to how you use it, right? So I think that's just one thing I wanted to add to that.
2: I I mean, I would say like we would question them with their logic and see if that makes any sense of what they're saying. So let's say, I I mean, I guess we can just say it's COVID-19 between the Democrat and the Republican Party. So we can say that um, some people have to get, or like within the vaccine, uh, people are at the border and they're not getting vaccinated, but businesses, um, over 10 people or something have to get vaccinated. Why aren't the people that there's a lot of people t- together in a border like that, aren't vaccinated and the people that have businesses have to be ma- vaccinated? Something like that. Like, And they, Democratic, or question that and they can't prove it. They just say that that's correct. And it's proven in one of the videos, I believe I've seen it. One of the person, the Democrat, just moved along with the question and didn't fully answer it so i would say something like that you know Maybe, I, I agree with that makes sense yeah
4: what you're saying about how you know take the logic they're saying break it down mm-hmm. and then try to show them how this doesn't make sense right and a lot of times the people who say they believe in science not religion don't believe in science either right like they're just completely lost there's just
5: they're lost yeah they're delusional right there's yeah they have there's ignorance in
4: that so you you'd have people who you know again this isn't an attack on anybody right yes but there are people who are transgender right or you know they they don't know what their identity is or whatnot i'm not an expert on this so i don't know what the proper phrases are or words but um a lot of people are saying oh yeah i was you know born a man now i'm a female right Uh, born a man now i'm a woman. scientifically no that's not how that it's not how biology works right but at the same time they want to use psychology or science to go against you know those people and religion that says oh no this isn't right so everyone's lost really like that i think that's just like the underlying basis that nobody really knows what they're doing So if you take it and you break it down in front of them and you show them this does not make sense, right, if they're rational, they'll start to see that, right? If they're not, then they have other things going on that they need to address to – yeah, because you're being delusional right now. Like the facts are in front of your face, right? And you still won't accept that you're not right, you know? Like your point of view
1: isn't right on yeah, this. Yeah, I understand. It's well. it's like you said. Uh, it's like if you if you're always looking for an answer mm-hmm. for like everything, you're gonna go crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you you know you, you want to know things, yeah. But it's always a, like, uh, how do you say this? like um, your point of view, you, how you're feeling against it? Like, are you for this? Are you ta- every how you having this conversation to get somewhere, or are you just saying like I'm right, you're wrong? because you feel some type of way in general right yeah
4: and and even if like you feel some type of way when it comes to these topics like you know being transgender or you know homosexuality or whatnot i feel like an answer to help these people I, i think we covered this on another discussion but it we're not you don't attack these people right you just show them that okay you may feel this way and your emotions you know you feel this way it's valid right but let's show you how you know like why you know like we can help you take your mind off this and you know correct the the people who are led astray
1: by things in the media yeah. right it's like if you're confused if you're really confused you mm-hmm. don't know what to do mm-hmm. rather than try to take it in your own hands mm-hmm. like you know yeah give it to some, god right yeah, yeah, give it to god you know get with people that you feel like mm-hmm. are more experienced in things mm-hmm. learn you know like there's not there's no shame
0: And I think that's where like the difference between, you know, or making that separation between science and religion is very important because, you know, sometimes there's some things that are scientific that make sense and they don't contradict what our faith tells us. And at the same time, there are some things from science that contradict what our faith tells us or tries to replace what God's role is in our life. And that's where the line should not be crossed. And I think you know, in discerning religion versus science, it's just a self-identification of understanding where does my faith lie? And in the scientific information that I don't know, how can God come in and supplement the knowledge that I lack? Um, I think rather than us trying to know everything, we should really look at it more as, you know, what does God want me to know? And what does God not want me to know? Because sometimes God doesn't want you to know everything, you know, otherwise he would have pre-programmed us with every piece of knowledge in this world that we should know. But I think it just comes down to, you know, what each one of us are supposed to know, not supposed to know, and understanding the difference between where religion comes to play, my values, my faith, uh, my self-identification in God, and understanding, you know, science, its benefit, but where to draw the line with science and where, um, you know, our faith does not Mesh in with science because, you know, there are some good things from science and there are some bad things, you know. um So yeah. Sophia uh,
3: Raphael do you have anything to add?
1: No, I was gonna, I, I, was, I was gonna just... say real quick. I said Sophia Raphael <laughs> do you have anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> um, just real quick. uh I feel like it's the word we're looking for. We're looking for balance. We're looking for equilibrium. You know, if one tips against the other, there's gonna be chaos. So you always want to look into. I like the word equilibrium. You know, it's 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 nice. It's a good movie. Good movie too. Yeah, you know. I feel like the the peace that people look for is right in front of them. But I feel like how 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 hard are you looking? You know.
3: Well, in order to achieve equilibrium, according to the the Christian gospel, right? So Jesus, the words of Jesus Christ, is it's actually to let go of less. I mean that that really is. I mean, think about it, if you're on a teeter totter. What, are they, what do you guys call it? Seesaw. Yeah, Seesaw. see-saw. <laughs> My time is a teeter totter. Uh, when you're when you're a teeter totter and you want to stay perfectly balanced, right? You go a little bit too much to the right and a little bit too to the left. I mean, you're not going to achieve your goal, right? But to fully stay centered, you got to let go. You got to let go, right? You can't you can't be so focused on yourself that you're running down this way, and you can't be so uh, you know focused on others that you give up who you are and your identity because you want to fit in. Right. You got you got to find that balance. Right. That's why, you know, the the way the commandments are set up and the instructions that God gives you is love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your first and then do unto others as you would want done to you. It has to happen in that order. Right. Because once you've done that, you're in the middle. Right. Because you have that sense of balance and you have God essentially supporting you. We don't do that very well in the West. We don't give up. We don't let go of things that we should let go, whether it's, uh, you know, a hurt and pain from a previous relationship or uh, it's uh, feelings of uh, low self-worth because of failures that we've experienced or past traumas. We, we carry all this baggage with us and we have no idea how much it weighs us down. Like you, you can't get on the seesaw and maintain your balance if you're carrying all these things and you're trying to. You know, God's, and that's why confession is what it is. Confession is like letting go. Confession is releasing. Confession is realizing that you know you are not the master of, of your own life, and if you want to be the master of your own ship, you're gonna you're gonna ship you're gonna get shipwrecked, right? But if you put God in control, if you let God lead you, then there is no storm that God cannot get on the boat and say enough, just like He did on the Sea of Galilee, right? There is no storm big enough where He can't stop. There is nothing. There is no wave big enough that's going to submerge you. God will walk you through your life. You can achieve that equilibrium, but in return, you have to give up a lot of things that people don't want to give up. Right?
4: When you put faith in God, you're putting faith in yourself because, like you just said, when you give up these burdens to God and you have faith in Him to help you out and you know solve these problems for you um, or help you with these problems, then you're taking so much anxiety and stress off your mind. And you're putting faith in yourself, and you will go far. You will go very far when you do these
3: things. Say, so I, I like that up to, to a certain point. Okay, i you know, <laughs> A lot of people believe that, right? Yeah. Like, you know. You, know, you just you know do do love God and do for God what He wants and He'll He'll go around and He'll work for you. No, that's not the reason why we should do good. We should do good simply because we love God mm-hmm. and expect nothing in return, right? I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying some people can misunderstand. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so the way, the way yeah, I wasn't I, what I meant. No, I know, I know, because I know you. But I, I think the better way to say it is if you if if you believe in God with all your heart, guess who God believes in? If we believe in God, who does believe God believe in? He believes in you. Like you are the center of God's world. He's engraved you in the, in the palm of his hand. He's known you since before you were born. Like, how can the almighty God care so much about little old you? It's true though. Why else would he come down from heaven and be incarnate in a stinky manger and be persecuted by these horrible people and all he's done is healed them and helped them? Why would he allow that to happen if he didn't want you with him? Mm-hmm. And the people that have uh, near death experiences, one of the things they talk about is, they start, the, the, the real ones, when you watch them on YouTube, they get so emotional. They start crying when they remember the time they spent with Jesus. Because because they're like I can't put into words how it felt to be in His presence, and I can't wait till I can go back there, right? Okay, can you imagine that? So God loves you so much that not not that He says you know I love you more than anyone. No, God loves us all equally. But He loves you so much that He can be fully present for you, and He wants to be fully present for you. But he, you just have to let Him. So while we're sitting here trying to believe in God. He just He believes in us. Like imagine that, right? So so I think I think that's what you're going for.
4: Mm-hmm. Um personally i've i've experienced that personally because for so long i you know when i when i started college it was very uh it was a whole lot of stress a a huge load on me right and i was very anxious and stressed out about my future what am i doing what's my major and then there's thing i have responsibilities at home as well and at work and everything was just so overwhelming i was in a rut you know i just felt like i was just on autopilot and i'm not living i'm just existing right I remember specifically the moment I just, it's not going to sound like it's a good thing, but I just stopped caring, right? And I just, I was like, there's no point in worrying about this, you know? It was like, you know what, What's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I can just try my best, right? And it was at that point that I said to myself, that I was like, you know what, I feel like I just woke up. I feel like I just woke up from like a huge slumber where I was just like not, you know, paying attention to what's going on realistically, right? And I feel like that's when... I started to do a lot better for myself. I started to feel better. I started to have more motivation, more goals, you know. It's it really helps when you just let go of these, you know, these burdens and give it to God, you know, and you have faith in him. Mm -hmm. And even if I have no idea what I'm doing, I'm gonna try my best and have faith that you're gonna help me out, you know, and that really helped me a lot to get out of that.
3: Absolutely. I mean, this is the power of believing in God, um, and it it just unlocks your potential in ways that nothing else can. Right. So so we're actually an hour or past an hour in. So uh, guess what time it is. It is closing time. Closing time, folks. This is the time in the uh, in the podcast. We're going to go around the table. We're going to talk about what you learned. We're talking about some takeaways. If you went home and uh, your parents some or asked you, "Hey, what what did you learn today? What did you, How did, how was the conversation? Uh, what would you tell them?" We're gonna start with Mark.
4: Thank you. Okay. Um. Well, I feel like I'm a broken record this episode, but just this episode. Uh, maybe my whole life, right? <laughs> um. um having faith is critical you know and believing in science is not wrong you're not wrong to have a passion for science and have curiosity and you know you want to explore the natural world around you you know and try to come up with conclusions because of any creativity or whatnot not not conclusions but ideas from your creativity right but you can't let that lead your life you can't let that be your god right as we uh um discussed and uh Having faith in him to help you out with the things you don't understand, and having that equilibrium um, in life, it's necessary.
3: Sophia?
2: So I would say trust, um, as if he's behind your back and you're just doing a trust ball right behind him. So we always want to depend on him for any situation that we have in our lives, and to not live in fear, and to open your mind into knowing that he's around you, and he's willing to help you out if you just let go and believe in him so that's something
3: I uh, Steven
1: go ahead I find uh, I think it's really important that whatever it is uh, to find peace to really like whatever problem you feel like you're heading into to have like Mark said to have faith to really like the, the how do you say it? the, um, your view on things rather than going into things like no this is this is the way and like no matter what you know to, to find like to find uh a point, and like to work on it. You know, it's not always about like this is it, that's it. It's it's, it's attitude, it's tone. You know, so it's important to have that, that way of, where, you know, thinking.
3: Raphael.
5: I would say that it's very important to be open-minded and have an open heart, and allow God and accept Him into your life, because as we've heard today, that He, He will heal you. Given time,
3: like he will heal you, and it takes time. But, you
0: know. Justine. Um, and weighing out science versus religion, I think, like Stephen was saying, finding the happy medium between the two, understanding the value of science, but also the value of religion, and making sure that you know you can use one, you can use the other, but knowing your limits when it comes to science that. Um, When science is trying to test or challenge God, or test and challenge your faith and your dependence on God, then that's where you should let go of science and depend on faith instead.
3: So there's this very old story about St. Athanasius. St. Athanasius, one of the greatest minds, one of the doctors of the church, wrote incredible books, very scientific, very theological, very uh, well-read He's in there trying to understand the incarnation because he's working on his masterpiece, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And he's trying to he's trying to understand it, and he's not understanding it. He, he doesn't really understand this thing that he's stuck on. We don't really know what it was that he was stuck on, but we know that he looks out because he, he was in the Patriarch in the Sea of Alexandria. He looks out onto the water as he's taking a walk, and he sees this little boy that's dug a hole in the sand, and he's running in between the ocean and the hole. And what he's doing is he's taking water from the ocean and he's dumping into the hole. And he just watches his boy go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so he goes to the boy, he's like, What are you doing? I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. He goes, I'm trying to take all the water in the ocean, all of the water in the ocean, and put it into this little hole. And saint just looks at him and is like, uh, my, my boy, that's not going to happen. You can't do it. He goes, Such is the struggle that man uh, uh, goes through when they try to understand all that is God, all the things that God has done in their finite minds. And then the boy just disappears. So the, the, the story for St. Athanasius and the way that he retells it and explains it, he goes, there, there's a limit to what we can do. There's a limit to what we can understand. Uh, and, and that's proven throughout the Bible. We are not omnipotent. We are not all powerful. Just because we are created in the image of God doesn't make us God. And that is one of the things that we have failed To really comprehend in this day and age of technology, where we can do so much than we used to and before, right? We got we got really big-headed very quickly, and a lot of people want to push God out of their lives because He doesn't exist, because He's not necessary, and replace Him with science and say, you know what? Science explains everything. Well, we just proved that science has its limitations. We've just proved that science uh, can be spun for for bad, right? There are people out there that are taking science and trying to push their agenda on us, right? So if science is your religion, if you're believing in something that is very finite then then what about what does that say about you what happens when your belief system cannot explain something what happens when your belief system cannot help you what do you do then you just worry yourself to death stress yourself out you know go on some perk set or whatever it is but what if you believe what if you put your faith in something that is infinite something that is all-powerful something that really does love you and it can actually talk back to you where science cannot something that is much greater than you something that cares so much about you that it's willing to focus its whole you know, entire attention on you in the time of need and when you don't need it, which is God. What about then? Are you really going to want for anything? Are you really going to be concerned about anything? No, you're not. You're not. Science can't do that for you, but God can. So the moral of the story is this. Science is a gift. It's a tool from God. It's a blessing. Use it however you see fit, as long as what you're doing is you're loving God and you're doing God's will. And as long as those uh, are the parameters that use any tool that God gives you, you love use it to love him more, and to do His will, then it's a blessing. But the second you start using something for yourself, whether it's you know to push your agenda or whatnot, that's when you've lost your way. That's when you need to check yourself, as Justine says, before you wreck yourself. And so if we don't do that, if we don't learn to do that, if we can't marry, uh, you know, arrange things in life in terms of where they should be, rather than just putting something in place of God, if we can't figure out how to do that, then where, what does that say about us? What does it say about our future? And if we can't do it as an organization, as a group, as a church, And what does it say that about the future of the Coptic Church? And that's something you have to ask yourself. So thank you so much for joining us. Really, really happy that you're with us. Um, you know, if you're local, we want to see you uh, in our meetings. Uh, we post those on our social media, so check our socials to find out when our next uh, meeting is uh, in Delray Beach, Florida. If you're not local, hit us up on social media. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do, what you want to talk about. If you have any questions or comments? Reach out anytime. We're here for you. But above all, remember that uh, love, love one another, for love conquers a multitude of sins. We love you. God loves you. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.